It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust, here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast, the show that tries to answer the question, just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds. I am your host, Jeremy Bray, better known as PC Nerd 37 to most of you, and on the other end of Skype is my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? Uh, things are awesome. Uh, we have a symmetrical number podcast today. Yes, we, this is episode number 88, for those that are keeping track. I don't know, I see a lot of podcasts that's like where they don't really care too much about the number unless they hit some kind of a milestone number, like a 100 or a 1,000 or something like that, and some that just don't pay any attention to the number whatsoever. So I'm kind of wondering, should we stick with saying the number, or should we just ignore it from now on? Oh, I think we should say it. Unless unless we say the date. One of the two. Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth between the two, because just saying episode number whatever, just seems a little unprofessional when you compare it to mainstream media. Uh, well, screw them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you never hear it saying this is Law & Order episode number whatever. Just Um, as an example. Well, they're not audio only. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll stick with it at least until we get to episode 100 and then we'll go from there. But they do have episode titles like "The Man Who Stills the Donkey" or <laughs> or "Why Did He Hit Me That Hard." You know, they have names, so we have to have some sort of naming. If it's not the episode number, it's going to have to be some sort of clever clever titling. Yeah. Speaking of donkeys, um, did you happen to hear Twit yesterday? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit crazy. <laughs> all the donkey love going on. Yeah, <laughs> brought back memories. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the more entertaining twits in a while. Yeah. It actually had a really good conversation about privacy. Which, yeah. Given the rest of the show, it's kind of surprising. For a while there, I was kind of wondering, was I watching Twit or am I watching Dignation? <laughs> it actually did change my mind on going through um, those airports scanners um last time i went to uh cincinnati i actually went through one of those scanners and it and um it didn't bother me then but uh i kind of changed my tune after after a little bit more information about how those things work and and where the images are stored and if they're stored yeah, that's certainly one of our topics tonight is those full-body scanners, but we'll get to that in just a little bit because I've, especially over the past weekend, I've definitely been on a bit of a crusade against the TSA, basically looking for any anti-TSA story I can find and post it until preferably at least we can get 
those machines and the groping to stop. Although the ideal goal would be to have the TSA removed from every airport in the country. But like I said, we can get to that one in a little bit. But in the meantime, everybody can make sure that they can follow along with us in the show notes at globalgeeknews.com, which is, of course, where we post the links to all of the stories that we talk about, with the exception of just random ones that maybe come up in the middle of the show that are breaking news or whatever. And, of course, you can find all kinds of other things at globalgeeknews.com. My call for help to fight the Internet blacklist is one thing that I posted today, which... Have we talked about the internet blacklist on a previous episode? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, there's a movement now in Congress to create basically a um, blacklist, kind of like uh, China style. Um, Basically, it would essentially create two different lists, from my understanding. One would be a, a list where for a site to be put on the list, it would have to be ruled illegal by a judge or whatever, and all ISPs would have would have to block that. Then there would be a second list that the Attorney General would create that the ISPs are recommended to block it, and if they do, I, I think they get special huh. uh, privileges, like if, some, if there's some kind of a lawsuit, they get... Some they get like a free pass or whatever. Indemnification, indemn- yeah, indemnification. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah bas- basically, n- nothing can be brought against them, and it, it's just a really horrible thing. I mean, th- it's mainly like the RIAA and stuff that's pushing it, and apparently, the RIAA is even having like their employees and stuff calling up their senators as regular citizens and trying to push through this legislation, which is, goes up for its first vote on Thursday, which is why I'm encouraging everybody to um, hit the link up in the show notes for the Fight the Internet Blacklist, where you'll find links to signing an online petition. They've already got over a quarter million signatures. They're hoping to have 300,000 by the vote on Thursday, as well as to call and write your senators before they take the vote on this on Thursday. So you basically got like two days to do that in. But yeah, it's definitely some nasty stuff because if this gets pushed through, you can pretty much kiss the Pirate Bay goodbye. You can pretty much kiss WikiLeaks goodbye because government would just love to get rid of WikiLeaks. Um, you can pretty there's a chance that YouTube could even go bye bye with as much pirated content gets uploaded to that. It could find itself on the list. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it's one of those really ugly censorship things. But speaking of things that you can also find on Global Geek News, of course, there is the Tips of the Week post for last week, which has everything from sharing photos using a right-click context menu in Windows to saving files from your browser's cache in Firefox, 11 old uses or 11 uses for an old PC, um, how to start developing apps for iOS, Android, and Windows Phone 7, how to become a YouTube sensation. And, of course, there's a huge list of other things for browser extensions. If you're looking to know some CSS stuff, that's in there, too. Mac, Windows, it's all in there. There's usually some, at least something in there for everybody, from everybody that I talk to that's read it. 
And there's also a couple of good guides for Photoshop as well. And I did get a, I did post a video earlier today. Did you get a chance to check it out? About it's either a scary prank or a Windows Seven viral ad. Yes, I did check that out. And that's what do you a viral, think? Viral. Who says he has a Windows Seven PC? In general conversation. <laughs> yeah, I thought that felt a little bit out of place, but at the same time, the rest of it felt real. So I, I don't know. When I went and did a little bit of looking in the YouTube description and in the tags for the YouTube video and everything, there's absolutely no mention of Windows or Windows 7 or anything, so it's not like they're trying to get some SEO juice from it. So I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards viral ad, but I'm not sure. Either way, it's viral. hilarious to watch anyway. Yeah, it's viral. <laughs> yeah, for if anybody that hasn't watched it yet, I highly recommend it. It's definitely funny. How often are you going to see somebody throw a printer through a window and then jump out the window? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's uh, the reason why I think is because at the end when um, the roommate is confronting the guy that he just um, you know just scared, he picks up the camera and then he sa- he says he's sorry. Why is he why is he picking up the camera to re reangle it to say he's sorry? Yeah, it seems so ungenuine, disingenuine. It's 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 obviously staged. Yeah. Well, I'll leave that also up to our listeners to decide if that was real or fake. Yeah. But anyway, we can go ahead and jump right into the stories, starting with I am Spartacus. Thousands of people have tweeted in support of a, a airport joker that has been convicted. Yeah, so apparently um, this guy drove all the way to the airport, and the airport was closed. And out of frustration, he sent out a tweet that said, "Robin Hood Airport is closed. You've got a week and a week and a, a week and a bit to get your crap together. Otherwise, I'll blow the airport." airport sky high um apparently only had a few dozen followers on twitter and he was just you know venting as a joke yeah apparently the this tweet was never even really found out by the airport or the authorities or whatever for i believe it was like five days and it was deemed not to be a credible threat or anything yet he still ended up getting charged with a um uh I don't remember what exactly it was that he was charged with, but I think he ended up with like a thousand dollar or a thousand pound fine, plus has to pay an additional two thousand pounds to cover legal bills and other stuff. And I don't know, it seems to me that something like that you'd realize that's kind of obvious venting. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know, but guys, the guy seems to. And I, that's certainly not something smart to tweet by any means. <laughs> True. But um, I certainly wouldn't convict him of a fine and fine him and everything for something goofy like that. Right. And where the I am Spartacus comes in is that since this conviction, uh, several people have tweeted out similar comments about threatening their report. And saying, I am Spartacus, as in, you know, 
basically come and get me too if if what he did is illegal what we are doing is illegal and they're flooding the twitter stream with the same content to to basically taunting the authorities for them to to come after them yeah they basically put an i am spartacus hashtag on a retweet of what this guy said yeah some of its retweets some of its original content but they're all basically weighty enough as shown as to be as much as a threat basically as much as this original tweet yeah so if you go back and search twitter for the hashtag i am spartacus you'll see all kinds of stuff about this all kinds of people retweeting essentially what this guy said and all kinds of stuff i don't know it it, it seems like one of those cool internet memes that's like a great protest at the same time yeah, I'm more curious about the first person who used that hashtag in response to this story. Uh, uh, I'm surprised that someone hasn't done the due diligence to dig that up. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Although, I don't know how far you can go back when it comes to searching something on Twitter. Yeah, I know it's been like a it restricted to the three weeks or three days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I wonder on something that explodes like this, even if there's a max limit in number of tweets you can go back. Yeah, it seems like there's X number of tweets that you can go back. I I think maybe there's a way with the API or something like that that you could write something up to go back to maybe the first instance of somebody saying that. But if you just go to search.twitter.com, I think there's a limit on how far back you can go. Yeah, so this person may never be found out. Yeah, although that the last time I really tried that was before the whole infinite scroll thing for mm-hmm. a person's tweets, which I'm still not sure how much I like that feature. Yeah, the load's a little slow when when you get to the bottom. Well, the whole it seems like ever since they've moved to their own to using the API instead of what they'd always been using, just to get the page to load seems like it takes like three times longer. Yeah. And sometimes it's a hit or miss for me anyway. Sometimes it just doesn't load, period. And there's problems with direct messaging, and uh, sometimes that's not reliable. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of issues. I I was starting to wonder if you got my direct message today, because normally I get a response back right away from you. Yeah, it's kind of hard when when I don't have a Twitter client. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of airport-related things, the TSA full-body scanners protecting passengers or padding pockets. Yeah, this is an interesting story about lobbyists and basically uh, how our government got sold a bill of goods for equipment that has not really proven to be uh, effective in stopping any type of attacks anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and go, and I believe there's more to it than what they say here. They list like different um, senators and representatives and stuff that are all in the pockets of these um, naked body scanner manufacturers, right? Like uh, Al D'Amato. Uh, let's see, a representative David Price. A Ken, Bud Kramer, a K. Bailey Hutchinson, and others. Yeah, and 
the one that they don't really mention, and I don't remember which of the three companies that he's a part of, whether it's a part of the I3 Communications Rapid Scan or American Science and Engineering Company, but I believe it was the was it the former Secretary of Defense or whatever, Michael Chertoff. Apparently, he has a very large part in one of these companies, so you know he's getting making quite a bit of money from these things too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. So this is don't... just one big corrupt circle, basically. Yeah. Usually, when you hire ex higher ups in government, it's not for uh, their expertise per se, but it's for their connections in Washington. And uh, that sounds a lot like what they're doing in this case. Also, um, there's a previous story, I'm not sure if this is included here, saying that uh, it's unknown about the safety of the amount of radiation um, that people are exposed to by going into these same machines. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of question about that. I can't think of the type of um, like little badge meter that you can wear that will give you an idea of how much radiation you're getting but the mm-hmm. TSA employees are not allowed to wear those so they so the employees have no clue how much radiation they're getting just walking around these things all day yeah much less the people that are the travelers that actually have to excuse me go into these things which supposedly I've heard various things from oh it's as much as you get from a cat scan machine or a chest x-ray or whatever, which that's still quite a bit of radiation. But the one thing that there doesn't seem to be too much dispute on is the fact that this x-ray radiation, and this doesn't count the um, millimeter wave things, which, from my understanding, health safety-wise, those seem to be a lot better from what I've heard. But um, the x-ray machines, which seem to be the most popular, because I think they're supposed to be cheaper or whatever, the x-rays on those supposedly penetrate a half an inch into the skin. So, and there's a number of doctors and medical institutions that are really questioning the safety because even a half an inch into the skin, that still gets into your eyes. That'll give you cataracts. That'll, that's still enough to give you skin cancer. This, is, this particular type of radiation is known for giving people cancer, especially on the neck and head. Um, it'll also, it also can cause you reproductive issues, at least for men anyway, for, cause there's not much in the way of any insulation down there, I should say. And yeah, there, there's a lot of health related issues, not to mention the fact that who knows what they're doing with these naked pictures of you that they're storing somewhere. They'll probably be laughing about at the TSA Christmas party. Yeah. And also, I mean, we are still investigating the effects of radiations from cell phones, which have been around for years. These are basically brand new, so we have no indication of any long-term effects at all. Uh, And especially for people who are frequent travelers, I used to be on a plane uh, at least twice a week, uh, when I used to travel a lot. And that's something that I'd be extremely concerned about is going through these machines all the time. Yeah, speaking of cell phones and cancer, I there was just something that I came across in my RSS feed, I believe it was yesterday, linking the iPhone and brain cancer. I'll, I've, I've got to go back and look at that 
but um, it looks like there's new research out, possibly. But, yeah, and, and it's not just these horrible machines, too. Now that they've got... Now, if you opt out of these horrible machines that are probably going to give you cancer and whatever else, they have these this new enhanced pat-down, which is basically an excuse for them to grope you just mm-hmm. so that it'll seem so uncomfortable that you'll want to get into the naked body scanner. That doesn't bother me. I like a good groping. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't think it would bother me too much, mm-hmm. although um, since you heard Twit yesterday, I, I assume you heard what they did with uh, O'Docta. Yep. Yeah, O-N-J-J sticking his hands down. down his pants. Yeah. That seems to be a bit much. I mean, just because he's wearing sweatpants, apparently it's some kind of a rule if they're wearing um, loose-fitting clothes or whatever, they have to do that, or baggy clothes or whatever. But that that seems to be a bit much to me. Yeah, I've met Owen. He's a he's a pretty big dude. Uh, uh, but but I'm not surprised that they're trying to do it this way until until someone like. Uh, someone higher up who has really big pull goes through. I heard that someone got arrested, or sorry, kicked out of an airport today because of that. Uh, it was on NPR because they refused to be groped and they refused to go through the machine. And through the threat of lawsuit, they had to force the person to leave the airport. Um, but I, I'm sure that we're going to start hearing this more and more and more and more. Um, and uh, I was at Cowboy Stadium a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they have the same kind of pat-down. Some clubs you go to have some sort of pat-down. But this enhanced pat-down where they actually put their hands inside your clothes, that's that's going a little too far. Yeah, I mean, it seems like when I went to a um, presidential rally back for the, what is it, the 2006 elections or whatever it was? Or 2008 elections? Eight or presidential was it presidential? Yeah, it was yeah. a George Bush rally. I, I think it was for his. Uh, uh, it had it had to have been earlier. That'd be oh four. Yeah, it was for the oh four election when he was in Colorado Springs, and they had all kinds of metal detectors set up and were doing pat downs and stuff like that. But even those weren't as invasive as this TSA stuff is now. Yeah, and the thing is... And I thought those were thorough at the time. I don't consider myself the smartest person in the world, but I can definitely circumvent this. (laughs) If I really, really wanted to, I I could definitely circumvent this. And it's just shameful that, I mean, there's if someone really wants to do it, it's going to definitely be a lot easier than... it's, It's not that hard if someone really wanted... I mean, I could punch a hole through a window and that could call, probably cause a lot of problems. And you could do that with like uh, any pieces, a, a heavy pipe or metal or whatever that you can bring on the plane. Yeah, I'm, I've, and again, this is a lot of stuff that I posted on Twitter over the weekend where Europe's not real happy about all these new measures because that kind of violates the European citizens' privacy, which yeah. in the EU, privacy is a real big thing. And Israel is basically saying our security is a joke because mm-hmm. they don't have they have the most secure 
airlines and stuff that there is, and they don't have these naked body scanners. From my understanding, they don't even have the metal detectors. They just go through and they interview every single passenger, and the people doing the interviewing know what they're doing and know what to look for so that bad people don't get on the flights. Yeah, Robert Scoble just put it out put out a tweet saying uh, about how hard it was that he he went to Israel and how hard it was for him to get through security and how long they questioned him for. Um, and I was mentioning punching out a window. Uh, scratch that. Just get a seat on the exit row of any airplane, and then you you can get out. And you can probably if you if you open up that that hatch, I mean that's going to cause a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous and the fact that they're making like they're wanting pilots and stuff to go through this it's like uh okay if they're the pilot of the airplane and they wanted to kill us all they just have to fly the plane into the ground they don't have to carry explosives on <laughs> yeah board. i'd rather them go through a breathalyzer than go through this yeah i mean that would make a lot more sense and i guess they're the pilots whatever kind of pilots union there is is really fighting this now the stewardess union is really fighting this now flight uh, attendant stewardess flight attendant whatever <laughs> um but yeah there seems to be a lot of pushback from airline employees and stuff now so i'm i'm hoping that with all of this there's going to be a bit of a backlash but to the story that you were mentioning earlier and i did tweet this out several times i think it was probably saturday about the guy who refused to be x-rayed or groped oh yeah mm-hmm. um basically what happened is he went through he opted out of the x-ray naked body scanner so they pulled him aside to do the groping when he said if you touch my junk i will have you arrested for i think it was like sexual assault or something like that and of course that caused all kinds of issues with supervisors and everything. And at one point, it seemed like they were done after they wrote down a report and everything. And at that point, he said, pretty much, the heck with it, I'm just going to go home. Well, then he got approached by another guy in the suit, plus whoever was originally supposed to do the groping or whatever, and said basically, and was wanting more information as far as his name and stuff, which they already had in the report and everything, Which so I don't know why they wanted to in the first place, but he's like, okay, well, you can't detain me because that would be illegal. And it's like, well, once you come, as far as they were concerned, once you come into the security, the secure part of the airport where all the screening takes place, you can't back out and leave. Because as far as they're concerned, if you back out and leave, that's you could possibly be a terrorist probing for um, weaknesses in their system. Well, that's the point. Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to deter terrorists, right? So let them leave. <laughs> yeah, so if this, this, they said, they told the guy, you were free to go, but if you leave, you could be subject to $10, a $10,000 fine and a civil lawsuit. Uh, that's not fair. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that seems that's, to be a bit much. That's, that's trenching on his rights there, but anyway. But yeah, go back in my um, uh, tweet stream, I think it was Saturday night that I tweeted it a couple of different times, and you'll find the whole story there from the guy's blog post, the videos that he took of it. It was, it was even on the NBC Nightly News tonight, so it, it's turning into a great big issue, and at this point I would assume like the um, 
the various rights groups have contacted him for gathering stuff for a lawsuit or whatever. Okay. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your junk. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's definitely an ugly thing. I definitely recommend avoiding it. I I recommend avoid flying whenever possible. Just because things are getting so horrible and my browser just seems to have frozen. Wonderful. But, yeah, for those that want to kind of keep up to date with this, I recommend listening to the No Agenda Show at noagendashow.com. They they seem to really be on top of this stuff. But Well, another thing that people don't have access to is uh, Tumblr at the moment. At least according to this story, it looks like Tumblr and 4chan got into a little of a, uh, a tit-for-tat fight. Yeah, so you're a Tumblr user. Did you notice any of this... Um, DDoSing? I am not an active Tumblr user. I have a Tumblr account, um, but uh, I use it passively. It's not really... Uh, I, I really don't use it regularly enough for me to even notice. Mm. Yeah, well, apparently over the weekend there's just happened to be... 4chan has finally gotten pissed off at Tumblr for... I don't yeah, know. My, my blog is still down. <laughs> yeah, for... I guess because Tumblr is kind of taking their thunder as far as starting memes and whatever. So now 4chan has started a denial of service on Tumblr. Then Tumblr decided to fight back and took 4chan down for a, a short amount of time. Although last I knew Tumblr was still down and they've been down for like over a day or something like that now. So yeah, you don't mess with 4chan. This is kind of like an internet. This is like them trying to play with nukes here. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with them. Okay, my Tumblr's up. It's uh, it is working. Just and... really slow, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. But this is interesting. When reading the article, uh, uh, I didn't understand how the Tumblr community could organize so uh, how could organize so quickly and so concisely as to under to 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 group together and, and come up with a concise plan on how to attack 4chan um, so effectively that they were able to to bring down 4chan for at least for a little bit. I, I was amazed by the the or the level of organization they were able to to put together in su- such a short amount of time. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that myself. I don't know if there's just a bunch of Tumblr users that are using the low orbit internet cannon that 4chan uses for packet flooding for denial of service attacks like they've used on the RIAA, the ACS law and um, the US copyright group and others so I, I don't know I'm guessing that there was probably a good number of users on Tumblr that kind of knew what was going on had this software and maybe launched it in the direction of 4chan but I don't know That that's I don't know it seems like kind of a silly fight. It's like, okay, I understand a lot of what 4chan does as far as like attacking groups that don't make sense or whatever, or or ladies like that throw tra- or, or ladies that th- or ladies that throw can- uh, cats away in trash cans. Right. I I, I can understand that. They're kind of like the vigilante justice of the internet. Yeah. But to go after Tumblr seems a bit odd. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's more of a federation of blogs than an actual um, conglomerate 
of like-minded individuals. So uh, it does seem quite random. Yeah, that would but, be like them trying to take down WordPress. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I don't question the people at 4chan. I just support them because I know if I don't, I'll be screwed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, same here. Go go 4chan. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of 4chan and their denial of service attacks, the FBI is apparently getting into the act and investigating their Operation Payback, which is, of course, the denial of service attacks against like the RIAA and groups such as that. Uh, yes. Um, so that's one thing. When you attack high-profiled individuals and targets, uh, you're going to raise the the interest of some very powerful friends that they might have. Um, so the FBI is now doing an investigation which uh, could, could cause heads to roll. It might not be the top of the top, but it could be at least one person that they can gather enough in- uh, evidence on um, and have them take the, the blame and the fall for most of it. Yeah, I'm wondering, with the fact that pretty much everything on 4chan is anonymous, I'm kind of curious to know how how well they're going to be able to investigate this and track people down. Not to mention, a lot of people on 4chan and stuff, I have a feeling, are probably using like Tor routing and stuff to hide their identity even more. Especially uh, if they're going to be engaged in activity like this. You would hope so, that they take precautions. Um, but that's you know saying that 100% did. Uh, all you need is one person, that's what I was saying, to take this fall. They just need to have one fall guy. And um, depending on what kind of forensics uh, they have at their disposal at the FBI to mount uh, an investigation that might take weeks, months, uh, maybe even, uh, I'm not going to say years, it shouldn't take that long, but um, we're talking about a lot of uh, subpoenas, a lot of forensics forensics that's going to have to be done in order to, to find uh, who did this. I mean, there's everyone has a fingerprint. Everyone leaves around, leaves some sort of evidence. The question is uh, how much time they're willing to put into finding uh, the people who've caused this. Yeah. Well, if they were smart, they'd leave this alone right now. Otherwise, <laughs> if they actually arrested somebody, they'll probably, the FBI's website will probably be taken down for probably the better part of a year. Oh, no. That's definitely, that That would be a big mistake if anyone took down the FBI's website. Um, that would Chan bring... clearly has no fear of anybody, so. <laughs> well, they should fear the U.S. government. <laughs> I know I do. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see just how this turns out. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if anybody's actually going to get arrested or charged with anything or whatever. Yeah, if you, ha- I mean, if you think about the person who hacked into Sarah Palin's email address, I mean, that, I mean, he did what a year in jail or I mean, a year in a halfway house. I mean, that doesn't sound too harsh, but for me, that would suck hard for. Yeah, it's uh, like a year and a day, plus I think like two or three years um, supervision or something like that. I don't think they necessarily called it probation, but some kind of a supervision. Yeah, I mean, people might say that's not that's not harsh enough. To me, that would change my life. Um, so, 
I, I would be scared, and I am scared of the U.S. government. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be participating in, the, in any of these attacks, but uh, more power to 4chan. <laughs> All hail our 4chan overlords. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck to whoever uh, they decide to get in their sights. Um, and hopefully, um, hopefully the FBI won't go on to a tear. I mean, if you, the more that they do stuff like this and attack high-profile targets, the more it gets the attention of legislators and people who can change the laws and who can overreact and have the overreaction affect all of us. Yeah, my guess if anybody's going to get taken down right away, it's going to be moot. I I think that when uh, it comes to fortune I mean, he stuff, be, yeah. he's kind of like the figurehead of everything since he runs the place, which I, the fact that he hasn't been thrown in prison yet kind of surprises me since he lets everybody run wild. But if anybody's going to get arrested or whatever, my bets is that it's going to be him. Yeah, there's a possibility. Just for the fact that they could request information and information he can refuse to give it to him would be cause enough to throw him in jail. Yeah. Well, speaking of law enforcement run amok, apparently there's new speed cameras in Britain that apparently over the past while speed cameras have been slowly going away, which I don't have the link on this particular computer, but um, people don't seem to care too much for those, so they have a tendency of destroying them with fire and all kinds of other means of destruction as to where they've kind of been on the decline. Well, there are some new speed cameras out that not only check your speed, they check to see if you're tailgating, they check your insurance, they check your car taxes. They they can also check whether or not you're wearing your seatbelts. Mm-hmm. And once they get all this figured out, they send you a ticket immediately. Yeah, well, uh, the it goes into a queue where I think an officer actually looks at the picture before it gets sent off. But um, yeah, this is pretty quick. Uh, and it's amazing that they've packed so much technology into one system. Um, and it... it it seems to be that there's like a space race for speed cameras because they're not uh, raising enough revenue in some places. Yeah. I can see the speed camera. I can see it being able to check your insurance and car taxes with license plate recognition and stuff. I know we have kind of a similar thing around here where it'll check if you, where all of the state patrol cars or whatever have little cameras mounted in them that they'll or, well, some of them anyway, they can drive by and it'll check out license plates, and if a license plate comes up as a stolen vehicle, it'll alert the cop and they can act on it. Mm-hmm. But So something like that doesn't really surprise me. But for like something like wearing a seatbelt, it seems to me like that would be something kind of hard for a camera to determine. Well, it says that the, that the picture does get sent to a cop. And so I think they're probably angled in such a way that they're uh, high-res in such a way that the image, it could be determined whether or not you have a seatbelt on. Could be. I I don't know. I'm not sure what the laws are like in Britain as far as um, tinting on the windows. But around here, something like that, people would just get around that with some tinting on the windows. 
Right. Around here, you can have like either the sides of the windows tinted, or the front and the back tinted, or something like that. There's regulations on what you can have tinted and how tinted it can be and stuff. But yeah, that's what a lot of people do around here is they just get extra tinting on their windows. Yeah, I think there's a restriction on tinting your windshield. And uh, if it's too tinted, of course, it's unsafe. Right. So, they probably, so it's probably angled in such a way that it gets you head on. Yeah. Well, we can just do like some people do. And I've seen where people go through like red light cameras and stuff with clown masks on or whatever. So that way, when it comes time, when the ticket arrives, you they can't prove who the driver was or whatever. And yeah, you have to positive, positive ID the driver of the vehicle before you can assign them a ticket, which is true. Yeah. Well, speaking of legal things in the UK, the UK High Court has announced that it's going to have a judicial review of the Digital Economy Act. Yeah, I had to actually do a little research on that. Uh, seems that it was a, a, an act to basically get the IP addresses of people who are file sharing. Yeah, this is um, we talked about this on several episodes in the past. This is the one where like coffee shops and stuff would have to secure their wireless and stuff because otherwise, if they don't, and somebody brings like a lawsuit for because somebody was sharing music while they were on the coffee shop's Wi-Fi or whatever, they could be held responsible as the provider of the internet service or whatever. And really, it was just a horrible idea for a law and basically the enemy of open Wi-Fi at places like a Starbucks or whatever. But now it looks like there's going to be a a review of it to see if it's um, allowable. Yeah, this is the machine... uh pushing the bill through, at least the first time it went in. Uh, there was hardly any debate. Whatever debate there was, there were hardly people in attendance to view the debate. And miraculously, when the vote came around, there were around 200 people that were able to vote in, for, in favor of the bill, even though they weren't around for the debate. So um, this is money greasing the palms of officials to get it passed. And luckily, there is going to be a review to make sure uh, that this law is just and see if it has any validity. Yeah, I can't imagine it being allowed to stay in force, but I don't know. I mean, just the whole idea of blocking off free Wi-Fi in this day and age just because you're worried about a song getting shared here there just seems to be overkill. Yeah, that's going to be something extremely hard to police, and having someone held liable for what someone else has, has done, um, it kind of defeats the safe harbor laws. Yeah. At least that's what we have in the U.S., maybe not in the U.K. Yeah, it's just a bad deal all around. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to watch and see where this goes, because, like I said, we've been following this story pretty much ever since the Digital Economy Act was announced earlier this year. So I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen now. But speaking of things in the future, Facebook thinks that it sees the future with 
because now it has a modern messaging system. Which we're talking about sending files over Wi-Fi. I wonder if sending files over Facebook, now that they're having a messaging system in which they have an email address, uh, what kind of file limits they'll have. Um, and wondering if this could be the next P2P software. Well, I, th- I think, well, with this whole Facebook messaging thing, they're supposed to have an e- email service where everybody can get their own at facebook.com email address and all Facebook employees are going to be moved to at fb.com. But I would, I would assume at least as far as that end of stuff goes, it would probably be like your standard, what is it, 25 or 35 meg file attachments? We'll see. I, I mean, they, they, I they have a lot of... I think generally the standard in most cases because I think that's kind of what legacy software for email servers and stuff has just kind of been set up for. Yes, but um, some services, I know even Google has exceptions for Google to Google messages, so there might be some exceptions for Facebook to Facebook messages in which it will allow larger files because of staying within the same system. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Personally, I mean, we're already talking about they accepting what uh, multiple gigs of video uh, for uploads. What would be the difference? Yeah. Personally, if, I think if you're wanting to share, especially larger files, get a Dropbox account. Fantastic service, especially if you're wanting to share files with people. But anyway, yeah, this new Facebook messaging system, which for those that are interested in it, um, I did post a thing earlier today for how you can get an invite because as of right now, it's only kind of rolling out to a select few that have been invited plus whoever showed up at the press conference today. And essentially, it's it seems like it's email kind of... It seems like the next iteration of like Google Wave, basically, mm-hmm. as to where they're trying to unify your email, your SMS your IMs and everything. And since they already know who all your friends are and everything, they can tie everything together so that you can see it as just basically one conversation, no matter if you're doing it via instant message or email or whatever. It's just kind of threaded in one conversation, kind of like in a Google Wave-esque manner. This seems kind of like Wave 2.0 or wave that was actually thought out. Yeah, uh, I see a lot of people adopting this, um, especially with some of the filtering that's supposed to happen with uh, knowing who your friends are and being able to root the priority because of that. Um, It's going to be very interesting about who adopts this and for what reasons they do. I mean, of course, we automatically are going to have this address uh, the question is now, how do we use it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm kind of curious to know if it's going to have the same kind of restrictions on it that the vanity URLs have and that you can only have one per an account. Because being able to have multiple at facebook.com email addresses might be nice, kind of useful. But I don't know. They, it seems like they're didn't give off too much in terms of real details. They, it sounds like they just kind of talked about this as like a, at a real high-level overview and that they're saying that basically invites and stuff are going to trickle out 
over the next few months before they open it up to everybody. Yeah, um, I just tried testing, sending my email uh, to my Facebook account to see if uh, what would happen, and I got it bounced back. So uh, they're ramping up their server slowly, which is nice. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see just how many people are gonna are gonna be interested in adopting a Facebook email address, and because. Email is one of those things that you just don't really want to have to switch all that often. It's kind of like a phone number. You don't yeah. really want to switch email accounts unless you absolutely have to because you have everything tied to that e- email account, whether it's um, like your Twitter account, your bank account, your f- account for forums or eBay or whatever. All these companies have the email that you have now for, like, say, if you lose your password or something like that, that's where they're going to send it. So to try and change your email and have to deal with all that, that's a huge headache. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, expect different types of spammers through this. I actually started getting Facebook spam messages uh, the last month or so. Um, Topless lady saying, hey, Wesley, and sending me messages on Twitter. Unfortunately, this is going to make it so it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, I don't get those messages. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, well, maybe it's not spam. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I certainly get lots of spam on Twitter, but I've never had anything like that on Facebook. Yeah, uh, I've gotten a couple already. Unsolicited messages from provocatively undressed ladies. Um, I'm used to getting those for real in person, but not over email. Hmm. Well, I guess that, was that doesn't joke. surprise me too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just kidding. But speaking of Facebook, apparently, oh wow, we're like running really late with the show. Yeah. Um, apparently, Facebook is increasing face-to-face socializing, according to a new study. Which is nice to hear. Um, so it says that the more you use Facebook, the more you can manage your friends, and it actually fosters more face-to-face meetings uh, as well as keeps uh, people in touch who are over long distances. Yeah, apparently, and one of the things that kind of surprised me about the study is basically the older you are, the fewer Facebook friends you have. People under 30 average 263 Facebook friends compared to people 31 to 50 is 206, and people over 50 only have 92 Facebook friends on average. Which means I'm above average, yay. Yeah, I think I've got somewhere around 300, or right about there. But, yeah, this actually doesn't surprise me too much, Uh, and they give some numbers in here, like um, a quarter of people said that Facebook wanted to would give them more of a desire to have face-to-face contact. This really doesn't surprise me too much because whenever I'm on Facebook, I'm always seeing people saying, oh, hey, this is what I'm doing tonight, and then there's, or this is, or I have nothing to do or whatever, and then friends underneath that will comment to say, hey, come hang out with us, or hey, I'll Mm -hmm. be over to hang out with you, or whatever, and it seems to be like the primary place where a lot of people go to figure out what their plans are going to be for the evening. Right, and also you'll see uh, group pictures where multiple people are tagged because they're sharing experiences. And um, I think that also encourages people to say, hey, 
John and Deb are fun. I want to go hang out with John and Deb next time they do something. And uh, John and Deb saying, hey, our next party is this date. I want to be in those pictures. I want to be a part of that action. I want to have some fun with those people. Um, so I think it's a self-fulfilling you know, self prophecy that uh, people want to, who want to socialize and yearn for it, they can use Facebook to actually uh, make those connections uh, with people they already know. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with how people use Facebook. I mean, somebody like me who uses it just for family and friends, something like this makes more sense. But if you have somebody who friends anybody and everybody is where they have 5,000 friends, mm-hmm. this isn't going to apply to them. Just because uh, you can't possibly be constantly be looking to have face-to-face interaction with 5,000 people all the time. Yeah, yeah, but they probably have more contact with more people in order to have 5,000 friends. Yeah, possibly, or it could just be a marketing thing, too. Yeah, true. I mean, between my Twitter account and the Global Geek News Twitter account, there's over 7,000 followers there. There's no way I can ever possibly have... I can, If they were to all tweet me, there'd be no way that I could constantly be replying to them or whatever, much less meeting up with all 7,000 of them in person. True. So. But uh, you would still be busy socializing and probably having a lot of face-to-face interactions. Yeah, you'd think I'd be busy socializing, yet I sit at home every night. Something is very wrong with this picture. <laughs> Not on concert <clears throat> nights. Yeah. But... Anyway, speaking of Facebook yet again, it is apparently supposedly worth $41 billion. Yes. Envision a Dr. Evil with a pinky to his bottom lip. Um, that's a large evaluation. Yeah, I I would say anything over $10 billion would be large myself. Yeah, uh, apparently they're just squeaking by eBay. Uh, they have an extremely large evaluation, which was the biggest shocker of this article to me about how much eBay was worth, what, $39 billion? Yeah, $39.3 billion, which, which is... Why? I'll <laughs> say, I wouldn't value them anywhere near that. Yeah. But then again, I haven't huge... really used eBay in I don't know how long. True, but I also would say that I would agree <laughs> that Facebook is more valuable than eBay. True. So, if we're going by that logic, $41 billion sounds about right. Yeah. Well, it seems kind of odd to have such a large valuation for a company where users are very fickle. I mean, you could have said a couple of years ago that MySpace had this huge valuation, and look where they are now. They're losing money like crazy, and if they don't turn things around here in the next couple of quarters, there will be no more MySpace. True. Um, biggest thing though is Facebook has a lot of interests in corporations, um, kind of a la um, Second Life. When if Second Life continued to grow, they probably would be as big as Facebook because they had a lot of company engagement there. Um, so Facebook, I don't want to say it this way because it connotes something negative, but they're viral. They're in web pages. There are like buttons in, in numerous blogs and other web properties, applications. 
games, marketing, advertising, and now email. Um, they're they're almost they have their hands in everything, and they are the AOL uh, of the decade. AOL people were married to it to get to the internet, um, but this is the reverse in which people use the internet to get to Facebook, and they just stay there. Yeah, I think ch- things will change eventually, and Facebook won't be what it is. Yeah, today. it has to. Yeah. But at the same time, I think they've kind of learned a lot of lessons from MySpace, where MySpace over the years never really changed at all, because they just kind of wanted to be about letting users completely customize their own page, no matter how bad it looked or how horrible it sounded and whatever. Whereas Facebook, whatever the hot technology is at the time, they'll steal it and make it their own just so that they can say they're, they have it and that they're evolving to meet the market. Yeah. Uh, and with all their failures, which are random and scattered about, most of their feature rollouts are pretty much hits. People embrace them. Uh, so I think they have a good, accurate pulse of their user base. And as long as they um, are able to satisfy their users and seem responsive, um, I, can see, I can see their growth uh, continuing for a few more years. They almost kind of feel like Apple to me in that it's hard for them to really do something so wrong that their users go away. I mean, with Apple, basically, you can't do wrong if, you, if you're Steve Jobs. But with Facebook, they've done a lot of things that have piss their users off like for various redesigns and stuff over the years then of course you got the whole privacy issues and stuff yet they're still growing like crazy people aren't leaving them in droves i mean yeah there's been maybe a couple of thousand people that have left over the privacy issues but it's like there's nothing that they can really do to scare off their users yeah but unlike apple uh apple's extremely expensive for their products and there are viable alternatives with Facebook, it's free, and there are no viable alternatives. Uh, and there's a huge switchover cost for doing anything with removing your Facebook account. I mean, um, with losing your pictures, losing your family connections. Even its invite system to go to parties and events is huge. Uh, and then we're not even talking about uh, Facebook Connect. So you might even lose your logins for multiple web services you might need or use. Um, and then there's the applications. There's there and so many things that people take advantage of. Every little bit that people take a bite out of, it makes it that much harder to, to give up the buffet. Yeah, it, they definitely have a big footprint. I know I personally don't use um, Facebook Connect for any of my login stuff because I don't want anything tied to that account. I want it as to where I can more control everything on each individual site and everything. As far as like losing pictures and stuff, I always recommend people that A, you have a local copy, B, you have a local backup, C, you have a cloud copy, and then you have everything that's on like a Facebook or whatever. And even then, have it on Facebook, have it on Flickr, have it on TwitPick, and every a whole bunch of other different services so that should something happen, should you get kicked off of a site, should you leave a site, you're not leaving all that stuff behind. Yeah, but that's only your own property. If pictures that you are tagged in that's on other people's site, those you can't uh, back up. 
Yeah, generally I remove myself tagged from other images anyway, so I don't have to worry about that too much. Um, not that that's a real big problem anyway, because I generally don't care for pictures to be taken of me. But anyway, um, speaking of having a local physical copy or having something in the cloud, Netflix has is now streaming more videos than it's shipping DVDs. Yeah, this is interesting. So in their um, quarterly report that they've announced, and they said that uh, it's the first time they've announced this, and it's going to be the last time because they send this, see this trend uh, going always in that direction where streaming will always outweigh or outpace uh, uh, DVD shipments. Uh, so we won't hear this again until possibly when it switches over again where DVDs or Blu-rays, uh, physical media, surpasses streaming, which I don't think will happen either. Um, so this is a milestone, and uh, this is one of the days that uh, Netflix is going to mark and say this is when it happened. Yeah, I think this is all just kind of a build-up to a streaming-only plan at Netflix. I think that's kind of what this is building up towards. Yeah, now, now streaming now... They're now streaming more stuff than they are shipping DVDs or... I don't know, it sounds like it's shipping just DVDs. I don't think that's a combination of DVD and Blu-ray. Personally, yeah. if I get discs, which... Um, last I looked, the last time I had sent a disc back, which I've, I've got my a disc sitting here, it's been sitting here since 2009 sometime. I've had it for well over a year. I think it was like early 2009 that I just never have sent it back because I just stream everything. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, their streaming is still lacking in some regards. Um, so yeah. they really need to beef that up. It would be nice if Netflix would acquire Hulu in which uh, a lot of TV shows and their, their, video, their uh, movie catalog would be available through Netflix. And I think most definitely they would... Uh, could get rid of DVDs without any uh, loss of membership. Yeah, I think I would probably like a purchase like that, although it seems to me like there would be a lot of overlap, too. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Netflix well, at least have for a lot if you're talking parts. like Hulu Plus. Hulu well, Plus. Still, that we're talking, uh, we're talking back catalog as opposed to current catalog. Uh, if, if 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 you're talking about currently streaming shows, uh, Netflix does not have access to any of those right now. Uh, I think there's a lot of... I, th I think they have some stuff, or at least maybe some like past seasons of current shows. Right, past seasons, but not current. Yeah, yeah I'm not, I don't think they have any current stuff. But yeah, that, that would certainly be a nice little partnership, I would think. I think I saw a story today saying now that in the last month, Hulu had a, a billion ad views, which is a bit mind-boggling if you think about it. Uh, yeah, I've seen a, a, my fair share of Hulu ads. <laughs> yes, everybody can enjoy their ads on Hulu. I will download from Torrance and see no ads. I'm a happier person you are. Next story, and our final story, luckily, since we are kind of like really running over here. Major retailers are threatening to blow off Steam-supported games. 
Yeah, so Steam as a service will, allows people to uh, download, buy, and upgrade uh, their PC software uh, game titles. Um, you can also get drivers through Steam. And so what retailers are afraid of is that when people go to their store, buy a game that's Steam-enabled, and they're able to then uh, get updates using Steam, that they'll love it so much that they'll buy all their games through Steam instead of going to the store. Um, and and retailers are afraid that this is happening, so they're going to say, you know what, I'm not going to be the gateway drug uh, to these users not coming into the store, so we refuse to sell those titles. Well, and, and it's not just getting people addicted to Steam. Um, there, there's a lot of games now that are coming out that are supporting, I believe it's called the Steam Cloud, which basically allows you to take your save games and sync them up to the cloud so that no matter what machine you're on or whatever, you can pick up where you left off in a game and start playing. So like if I'm playing on my desktop and say I go on vacation, I I can take my laptop with me, fire up Steam on the laptop, and it'll sync the save games and I can keep going right from where I was sitting there in the airport or whatever. But that that's just one of the many new features and stuff that Steam offers. But yeah, Steam is just a fantastic product and it seems like there was something we covered early this year, a story saying that like fifty percent of PC games or whatever are now purchased as a digital download, or maybe it's all games in general, or, or is now a digital download largely through things like Steam, which holds like 80% of the download market. Yeah. and uh, Largely it's just because Steam is a fantastic product. You don't have to worry about scratch discs. You don't have to worry about discs at all. Um, you don't have to worry about things getting stolen or whatever. You don't have you, to worry about receipts or trying to track down an order number. Yeah, one of the nice things is you don't usually have to worry too much about DRM as far as you can only install it so many times, you can just take pretty much any game as far as I know of and install it as many times as you need to over and over for like if you're somebody like me who likes to reformat their computers every six months as to where that's not a problem because on a lot of newer games where you buy the CD version, you'll get maybe like five installs and then you have to like deactivate old installs or whatever kind of like in an iTunes fashion. Really, it's just extremely convenient. I mean, not to mention you don't have to waste gas to go, go into the store. You don't, and unless you're in certain states or whatever, you don't have to worry about sales tax. And it's just a really nice way to get it. And the, basically, the only time I don't get something on Steam is when I find it on a, a really good bargain, usually on GoGamer.com. Yeah, and also they have amazing sales on Steam. Yeah, and usually at the end of the year, like around the Christmas time to New Year's, they usually have a fantastic sale where things just are at bargain basement prices. Where I've bought, I don't know how many dozens and dozens of games just because they were pennies or just a couple of dollars. Yeah, and so it's an awesome service, and knowing that you can only get a game through Steam because retailers might refuse to carry it, means that if you go to the store and it's a hit or miss, you're just going to go for the, the definite win and hit Steam first instead of even going to the store. 
So them refusing to carry games will just uh, speed up their destruction and their irrelevance in the marketplace. Yeah, with as much as digital downloads in games is growing, I think this is just kind of nailing the sticking some more nails in the coffin a little bit sooner than it has to be. And of course, apparently this is only a uh, an issue with UK retail gamers. I'm not hearing this kind of a backlash in the US. Right. But yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen if it, if this is just kind of the retailers' reactions, if this is more gaming companies cuz as far as my understanding goes, gaming companies seem to love Steam, especially when their games go on sale. Sales of the game, even if it's been out for forever, just go through the roof. Um, I don't remember... It seemed like the game was like World of Goo, I think is the name of it, that when that went on sale on Steam, they saw their sales increase by like 10 times or something just absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome service. I haven't heard any negative or any drawbacks for using it. Um, so 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 this is something that uh, the retailer should embrace and actually champion. As in, hey, we have Steam games that you can buy here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's that would certainly make me a little bit more interested in shopping in stores. I mean, personally like the games the GameStop around here. They've got just this tiny little shelf of PC games and the whole rest of the store is dedicated to consoles. So when it comes to PC games, I just don't even bother going in there anymore. Most of the time I can just get it on Steam or if I can't, I'll just get it from GoGamer or Amazon or something. Yeah. Just because their selection is so abysmal. So it's basically the theme of the story is adapt or go extinct. Right. And just, you did mention that there doesn't seem to be any drawbacks to Steam. The only thing that I've really ever come across, like in the terms of service and whatever, as far as a real drawback, is like, if you're caught cheating or whatever, you can be banned from Steam, and since all your games are tied to your Steam account, you kind of lose access to all your games, from my understanding. But from... But I believe that's also extremely rare, so it's not something that the average person is going to have to worry about and as long as you're not cheating in any major way, you shouldn't have anything to worry about anyway. Yeah. But that would be all of our stories, because, uh, yeah, we're running long. But um, don't forget, you can check out everything in the show notes for all the details that we didn't get to. Of course, like there's more details with like the um, Facebook face-to-face socializing story and whatnot. Just some different numbers and stuff that we didn't get to. There's there's always stuff that we end up missing, so don't forget to check that out at globalgeeknews.com. Of course, this is episode number 88. And don't forget to check out like the tips of the week and all kinds of stuff like that. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Global Geek News for basically any geek-related news. And anything that's going on with Global Geek News, major tech news, I usually post on there. Um, and of course, that is also now one of my outlets for any anti TSA rants as well. And you can also follow me. I am at PCNerd37 on Twitter, which you'll find lots of anti TSA rants and many, many other things. Basically, that's kind of like me uncensored. 
Although I don't curse too much. That's maybe like once every four or five hundred tweets, something like that. Um, and of course, you can also follow Wesley on Twitter, who's at Wesley83. Of course, he's always making some wonderful content over at WesleyFaulkner.com, such as his new, his um, recent po- post about whether or not we can trust clout. The interesting little, um, uh, how would you just describe that? Uh, service that uses Twitter to determine just how much clout you have. Yeah, it's a influence, basically, uh, metering service, so it tells you how influential people are. Um, and I've found a couple of mistakes. Uh, hopefully the service will get better and learn, learn, learn from my observations and actually uh, maybe add some transparency to make it uh, so people can actually have more faith in their service. Yeah, it, it's Definitely an interesting service, and I'm sure the that everybody needs to go and rush out and read your post about it. Yeah. So, yeah, as well as all the other cool stuff that you post over at WesleyFaulkner.com. A lot of the stuff I never is stuff that never even comes across my RSS reader otherwise. So. Yeah. You have anti TSA articles, and I post pro uh, TNA articles on on my my site. Yeah, that works too. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, anybody with any comments, suggestions, or anything regarding the show can also can leave those in the show notes or in the comments for the show notes. Or, of course, you can always shoot us an email at globalgeeknews at gmail.com. And, of course, your support is always appreciated, whether you're one who buys something through the Global Geek News online store or you want to donate to help the show survive. I've had to change server host. Today I've spent, I think it was close to 80 bucks on moving domains over to the new server host on top of the close to $300 I spent last week on, on the new server host and everything. So yeah, I could really use a little bit of financial help from our listeners to try and lessen this impact of financially on me. So of course you can donate as a one-time donation or you can also subscribe as a $5 a month donation. Either is gladly acceptable. But anyway, I think that's pretty much it for this week, unless you can think of anything. Uh, no. Uh, rock on. See you guys next week. Yeah, see you guys next week. Don't forget to check out globalgeeknews.com for more awesome content. And we will see you guys next week. Later. Later. <laughs>